Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Okay, we're going now to un- unpack a little uh, about faith. One of the things that uh, is continuing to go on in, in our lives uh, in these days is the Lord is, is stripping away the extraneous things, returning to simplicity. Uh, and one of the things I'm finding in my life, uh, they're not bad things, but just say, what is the essence? What's, what's it all about? What does my discipleship look like? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean to have faith in God? So in this session, um, we're just going to look at what faith is. Simply, not because we're simple people, but because faith is simple. And I, I've been guilty. I've made it so complicated. But it's simple. And then Diane is going to join me and we're going to just share some things Uh, Break it up a little bit, some practical things that we're learning, and then tomorrow we'll carry on. Is that okay? Let's read some scriptures. Um, There are many we could read, but let's read Romans chapter 10. Now understand then we've got this, this hook, this anchor, this undergirding, this whole background of this hope that we have. And faith works out of that environment. And uh, Romans chapter 10, notice the link between faith and speaking. We're going to pick that up a lot more tomorrow. Uh, I know we're diving in a little bit here, but in verse 6. The righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven. That is to bring Christ down, or who will go down into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? It says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And this is the word of faith that we proclaim. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord... And you believe, or you have faith, you trust in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Anybody done that? You're in. (laughs) With the heart, one believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, one confesses, one speaks, resulting in salvation. Now the scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, and so it goes on. Look just down to verse 17, please, same chapter. Faith comes, notice that. Would you say that with me? Faith comes. It's not static, see? Faith comes. That's That's a big thing. Faith comes by hearing. So it specifically tells us how it comes to you. It comes to you by what you hear. And hearing comes through the word about Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please. Again, we're just picking a couple of verses that explain really what faith is. Of course, we have Hebrews 11, which we already looked at. 
that faith is this reality of what we're hoping for. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, again, I know we're diving in, but it says in verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith in accordance with what's written, I believed, therefore I spoke, quoting an Old Testament verse. See, I believed, I had faith, and I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. They go together like peaches and cream, like kippers and custard. What's wrong with that? So let me just give you a very simple definition of what the Bible word faith is. This is just what it means. The word faith in the New Testament and Scripture means this, to be 100% convinced of something somebody said to you. All right? It means to be 100% convinced, no doubt at all, of something somebody told you. You heard somebody say something and you believed it. That's what faith is. Lunchtime. <laughs> so faith is very, I'll say it again, faith is very simply hearing somebody say something to you, Deborah, and believing completely what that person told you. That's what the word means. Therefore, faith is all to do with words. Would you say words? Words. Faith is all to do with words. Hearing words spoken to you and choosing to believe and commit yourself to them 100%. That's really what it's all about. So having this environment of hope... God's going to feed you with words of faith. That's how he works. We saw in verse 17 of Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes to you. You haven't got to go and get it. I want to free you from go and get faith. You've got to get faith. No, faith is coming to you all the time. It's been coming to you this morning. All the time. That's what is happening to you. Now the word hear then is important because faith comes by hearing. Now that word is also important in the New Testament because the word to hear means to receive the words you're hearing into your heart. They go further than your ear or your mind. They get down into your heart. The Bible calls it the heart, the spirit of a person. Deep within you. They become part of you. It's a bit like uh, that song that gets into you. You know, I know a song that'll get on your nerves, get on your nerves, get on your nerves. I know a song that'll get on your nerves. Judith, this is your new single, my love. Get on your nerves. Now, some of you, three o'clock tomorrow morning, will wake up and that song will be in your head. Don't have to thank me now, but uh, I have convenient hearing. <laughs> Diane said to me some time ago, it was a Saturday morning, she said, come on then, let's go. I said, well, what? Where are we going? She said, 
Are we going shopping? We have to go and get something. I said, well, first of all, why are you telling me that? And it's Saturday morning. (laughs) She said, well, you said you promised me you'd come with me to go and get this. I said, I never said, what? (laughs) I said, when do we? She said, we had this conversation the other night. I said, the other night? I said, I don't even remember seeing you the other night. said, yeah. I said, when when was this? She said, I said to you, on Saturday morning, can we go shopping to do this? And you said, yes. I said, she said, you did. I said, what was I doing at the time? She said, oh, you're watching the football. (laughs) I wasn't hearing. It didn't get, it wasn't like Thursday, Friday. Oh, Thank you. It's got into my heart. Saturday morning, we're going shopping. <laughs> I never say that. <clears throat> but that's what hearing is. Hearing gets deep down into you. It's more than just listening and hearing a word. Now, the great thing is that we have a God who speaks. Don't we? Um, God is speaking to us all the time, and we don't have time. There are many ways that God speaks to us. But, of course, the major way he speaks to us is through this. We call it the Bible. God doesn't call it the Bible. He calls it his word. This is God's spoken word written down. It says of itself in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, scripture means the, the spoken word of God written down, that's what you have in your hand right now. All scripture is God-breathed. Notice that. Not was God-breathed. It is. Now that doesn't mean that there's more scripture to be written. But it means as we read, as we read the scriptures this morning, do you know what happened? God spoke to you. Don't ever say God doesn't speak to you. People say to me, God never speaks to me. Do you ever read the Bible? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Well, God is speaking to you. Really? I thought it was just the Bible. No. And in it, Jesus says, we live by every word that God speaks. And because God has hope for us, God is only ever going to speak faith to you. That's why it's important and I'm speaking generally now. There are two voices that want to get your attention in your life. One is God, and the other is your enemy, the devil. Now, I'm not saying you've got God on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder, and one is shouting in your ear and the other one's shouting in your, in your ear. No, I'm not saying that. You're, you're geared... To hear the voice of God. That's what you are. You're geared to hear his voice. But there's also another voice. may not be directly, but he'll use, he'll use people. He'll use situations. And every time he's going to speak to you, he's going to test doubt on the integrity of God. That's the very first thing he does in Genesis chapter 3. So God has said... You, can, you are free, you can do all this, all this, all this, but don't eat that. 
rock, got it. Serpent comes along, and the very first thing he says is, did he really say that? His tactic has not changed since. But you're geared to hear God. And if the other voice does speak to you, as we're going to see tomorrow, you deal with it. But we're not going to get onto that so much. Our point is this. It's not just hearing words. The question is, who told me? Who said it? Who spoke to you, Lauren? Because when God says, I told you, God, the creator of the universe, spoke to you. Yes. Incredible. Incredible. God speaks to you. He speaks to you through the scripture. He speaks to you personally. So for me, it's faith is not faith in faith. My faith rests on the integrity of the one who told me. My word. God says, what did I tell you? I told you I have plans for you. I told you you have a future. I told you I'm going to prosper you. I told you I'll forgive you of all your sins. I told you I'll never leave you or forsake you. I told you I'll make you the head and not the tail. I told you I will heal you of your disease. I told you I will give you eternal life. Yeah, but how can I trust you? Because I told you. (laughs) Friends, my faith doesn't rest on things. Neither does my hope. My hope gives me this confidence so when God says to me, Steve, Roger, bang, I believe that. Why? Because you told me. That's what faith is. It's hearing God say something to you. Just raise a hand. I'm not going to ask you. If God has ever spoken to you, would you just raise your hand? And he's busy, isn't he? (laughs) You have just made an incredible act. You have just said, by demonstration, that God himself spoke to you. Is he trustworthy? Ever told you a lie? No. Because he speaks faith. Behind every word he speaks to you then is his integrity. That's the important thing of faith. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. See, that's not a trite charismatic thing. You know, God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Whoa, hang a step back, Roger. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. That simply is what faith is. Now there's another aspect to it then. Because faith is activated by something that I do. It is speaking. 
Go back to Romans chapter 10, please. We're going to unpack this a lot more tomorrow. But I just want you today to understand what hope is. Understand what faith is. And we trust we're getting there. This is not new to you. You are people of faith. You are people of hope. But somewhere you're recapturing, think, that's it. That's what it's all about. Romans chapter 10 said, there are, two th- there are two things you must do, Ben, in order for you to become a Christian. First of all, you must believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You have to have faith in that. Not just as a fact, but he did it for you. Anybody ever done that? Great. That's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I have faith. But it's actually actuated. Can you say actually actuated? I just did anyway. <laughs> Actualized. Is it? I don't know. I wish I'd gone to school. <laughs> but also, you had to do something. Just believing, or putting your hand up, wasn't enough. You think, what? It's all by faith, isn't it? Yes. But faith is actuated by your response to what you hear. So you have a responsibility. So our faith is not, got to get faith, got to get faith. You are responsible to exercise your faith through what you're speaking. And it starts when you become a Christian because it says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I believe it. I am convinced of it. I've never seen it. There's no video of it. But I believe it. And then the word says, and if you confess with your mouth, you say something. Now this is the dynamic, which we're going to lock more tomorrow. If you say something, what do you have to say? If Jesus is Lord, or I believe in Jesus. It's, that, it's, not, it's not a formula. But did anybody, when you believed, did you ever pray a prayer and repent of your sin and accept Jesus into your life? That's what it is. (laughs) You confessed. You said something. Now that word confession is very important. Vitally, vitally important for faith. It releases hope. It releases faith. Because that word confess means this. It literally means to say the same words as. It means to speak an agreement with what you heard. You hear something, you believe it, and you speak an agreement with it. And you say, well, why do I have to do that? Because the Bible says you have to. <laughs> but it unlocks something. It really does. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, please. This is about as technical as we're going to get. Is that okay? But you need to understand this. This is a dynamic that I am learning if I unlock this in my life of faith and hope and learn to hear and to speak. It changes so many things. And then Diane's going to come and join me then. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Whoever confesses me before people, acknowledges me, 
confess. It's the same word that's used in Romans 10. Whoever confesses, whoever agrees, I will confess him before my father. Well, I had no idea about this was happening to me. But this is what happened in heaven on the 10th of April, 1966, about 9 o'clock at night. I was in my bedroom, had no clue. I believed in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I confessed him as my Lord, and I thought, well, that's it, now I'm a Christian now. I had no idea that in heaven there was a conversation going on. Jesus heard me. That's what he says. You confess me on earth, I'll confess you before the Father. I think, well, why'd you got to do that? He said, Father, Roger Aubrey, age 13 and a half, <laughs> agrees with what you said about me, that I am Lord. Because I was agreeing with what God the Father had already said about him. God the Father made him Jesus, Lord. I'm agreeing. He said, he agrees with you, what you, what you said about me. That power of agreement between me and God the Father, Jesus took it to the Father and said, he agrees with you. Do what you've got to do. Do you know in the moment that happened, God the Father says, put his name in the book. And no one will ever take it out. That is what actually happened to you. Because you believed something and you said something and your whole destiny changed because of what you said. It wouldn't have happened if you hadn't said it. Isn't that incredible? Does anybody believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? If you say so, would you say that Jesus is Lord? Jesus <laughs> If you weren't in before, you're in now. <laughs> Seriously. So faith simply is this. I have this environment of a God of hope. I hear God speak to me. I believe what God tells me. And I speak agreement with it and it becomes real, not for God, it becomes real for you. And that's where we're going to be going over the next period. But right now, we're just going to take a little practicality session. Is that okay? And Diane is going to come and join me. Are we okay so far? No, we haven't left faith. But we're just going to share some practicalities and tomorrow we're going to come back and talk more about believing and the speaking. But I don't want to overload you. <laughs> Pat, do you want to join me? Are we doing okay before lunch? Yeah. What time is lunch? Don't tell me plenty of time, you know that. It's not me, it's Diane. You know. Yeah, but the truth sets you free. <laughs> we were just uh, preparing for this and thought, well, it was your idea, actually. Do you want to say why? 
Okay. We just thought it would be good at certain points just to share some practical things. We are not experts. We haven't come to you as experts on faith and hope. We're like you. We're disciples and we're learning. And the last couple of years have been a big learning time for us. And so we thought we'd just share some things on, on this hope and what the Lord has been speaking to us, hearing him, and having to speak these things out and living them. Would that be okay? Yes. Which one do you want to do first? Yes. You choose. This one. I call this um, a phrase, calling on old words. A bit of a testimony. 2005, uh, I had a heart attack. I was 52 years old. Some of you will know that. I won't go into all the story. But as I was in the ambulance, the Lord spoke to me from Psalm 91. And uh, he said to me, with long life, I will satisfy you. Remember? Richard and Nanny were fantastic at the time. In my progress of getting better, that psalm meant a lot to me. Um, I never let it go, but I, I have to say this, I didn't need it anymore when I got better. Just listen to me, okay? I still believed it, but I felt it had done its job. Get that? February last year, during a lockdown, uh, during some medical tests I was having, uh, doctors discovered that my, my prostate level, my prostate level was very high. And uh, really high. And... Uh, I thought, what? Now I'm going to say this. I got frightened. He said, but you're a man of faith. I got frightened. And that's why Jesus says, don't be frightened. Because he understands we get frightened. You think, is that a lack of faith? No, he's just saying, don't be frightened. (laughs) It's okay. Diane prayed for me because we were in lockdown and we couldn't get around places. But in my heart, I was thinking February, and because I have, I have a defibrillator, a pacemaker in my chest, that meant I couldn't have any MRI scans that they wanted to do. So they were doing internal tests, they were doing lots and lots of things, but uh, I couldn't have an MRI to find out whether I had cancer or not. And so the weeks and the months began to go on, and they were t- referring, and I just had this and this lady... <laughs> But I was, within my heart, I was thinking, Lord, what does this mean? I'm 68 years old now. I was then. And uh, the point is this. There came a time in, when I was just going through it all. And the Lord said to me, what did I tell you 16 years ago? I said, what do you mean? What did I tell you in 2005? Well, you promised me a full, long life. And he said, well, is that promise still good? I'm finding more what he's saying to me. What did I tell you then? 
what did I tell you? But Lord, that was for then. He said, no, what I told you then applies now. It's still new. I didn't need a new word. Give me a new word, Lord. He said, I told you 16 years ago that I would give you a full long life. Are you old yet? You decide, Roger. Seriously. You decide. No, Lord, I'm not old. Then the word still applies. Because he comes back to you and says, when I was in the ambulance, I was 52. And I felt, well, I can go to heaven today. The Lord says, for long life, I'll satisfy you. I'll take that. So I have to call on the old one. Can you see him on? Hi. Um, faith for me, faith for us, isn't a lifestyle. You know, lifestyles can change. It, it's a way of life. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. And um, I just wanted to give a quick testimony, really, during the lockdown, where I had to draw on something that actually the Lord gave us 39 years ago next month. Is it? Yeah. And 39 years ago next month, Roger and I had a situation where we had a baby. We had, who's James? We had three pence, we had one piece of bread, and we had one egg, and we had nothing else in our house. There was no job, there was no money coming in, and um, we just prayed, and we said, Lord, you're our source. You're everything we have. There's nothing else but you. And I remember Roger praying and coming down and saying, the Lord's just given me this scripture, and it was Psalm 37, and was, I've, I've never, yeah, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging bread. And in that moment, we just said, Lord, that's what your word says. We are your children. We are righteous. We have a child. We need to eat. He's a baby. He needs to be fed. And in that season, the very next night, the very next night, somebody came and knocked on our door and said, we were praying for you last night. And God says, that my wife and I had to give you 500 pounds. And we came in, I mean, 39 years, 500 pounds is a lot of money now, never mind, you know, when it was back then. But the person came in, we told them the story. They were very upset uh, that they hadn't come before that we got to that situation. But God had shown us something. He had shown us something in that situation. And uh, at, the, at the very first week of the lockdown, um, I went out to do the shopping. Do you know, can I tell you something truthful? Roger does not go shopping, okay? <laughs> Let's put that one out there. Shop, it's, it's like he's barred from shops or something. I can't quite figure it. But anyway, I, I, went, to do, I went to do the shopping and uh, I went down to my local Sainsbury's. I walked in and honestly, Every shelf was empty. There was nothing there. And in that moment, I stood there and I thought, oh my goodness, what's Roger going to have for breakfast? You and that, did you? I, you know I did. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I thought, what's Roger going to have for breakfast? And I went back to the car and I sat in the car and I said, but Lord, you said all those years ago that, you know, Psalm 37, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. 
And in that moment, I heard the Lord speak to me as clear as a bell to go to a certain shop. And I said, but I I don't really shop there, Lord. I go to to Sainsbury's, you know. Okay, he told me to go to Aldi, and I'd never been in Aldi. And she hasn't gone back to Sainsbury's since. (laughs) And that is also not true. (laughs) But, But anyway, I went down to Aldi. I passed Asda, I passed Morrison's on the way, and it was like, shall I? No, it was to Aldi. I went into Aldi, and do you know what? I had everything I needed. Everything I needed was in that shop, except for one thing, and they didn't have any eggs. And in that moment, I thought, it doesn't matter. Roger doesn't eat eggs for breakfast. I'll be fine. I can have something else. So it wasn't so, about me then, after all? No, no, but the eggs was about me. The, everything else was about you. So we, I got all my shopping, got back home, and I, you know, really grateful to God because I honestly felt I had heard from him, I had called on his word, and uh, putting everything away, and in the fridge, at the back of the fridge, as I was putting the stuff in, was a box of six eggs. And I, I mean, this is pathetic. This, they always say, but don't cry over spilt milk. Well, I cried over six eggs. But... Um, and I just thought, Lord, even the egg that we had all those years ago, you just reminded me of your word. And, um, and then the next day, my sister came to us and she said, I was just out shopping and I just picked you up something. Aldi. I don't know where she was, actually. She might have been in Little. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in she comes with a dozen eggs. And I thought, you know, the one thing that I wasn't able to get... But over that whole lockdown season, I had to do the shopping for all of my family, my son and his four children and his wife and my daughter, because everybody was isolating for different reasons. And you know what? Every time I went, I said, Lord, I'm calling on your word because your word is true. I can put my hope and faith in you. And I'm glad to say nobody starved, nobody went without or in the period But I think the one thing that God taught us during the lockdown, you know, we can honestly trust his word. We can put our hope and our faith in his word and he will fulfill it. You see, the thing about that is it applies to, and it wasn't inconsequential, down-to-earth things just like eggs, food, and cancer. God is interested in everything. And he has something to say about everything. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too big. He just says, you need faith, and I give it to you. So I speak to you and tell you that you trust me and speak back. It's, it's wonderful. Which one do you want to do? I was just going to say, but we had to make a conscious decision to believe God and his word. You know, it, it, we, we, words come, we can read the Bible, we can hear all sorts of things, but somewhere along the line, within ourselves, we have to say, actually, I hear all of this that's coming, but Lord, I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm not going to be um, swayed. I'm going to set my, you know, set my mind on, on what you said. Should we do this one next? I think I might leave this until the morning. What do you think? Just do one more before lunch? Yeah. And then maybe just a quick one. Um, can you just go to Genesis chapter 15, please? 
I have been the last, certainly the last year, I have spent a lot of time reading the story of Abraham again. Because he's our father in the faith. And the way that God deals with us is people of faith is the same. He, yeah. He's a man of faith. Yeah. When, I, when I read Romans 4, and as we did, and when you read about Abraham being strengthened in his faith, you kind of think, boy, this guy never made any mistakes. Do you ever find that? You think, whoa, yeah. super saint. When I read his story, he's a deceiver, he's a liar. He abandons his firstborn son, Ishmael. He puts his wife in jeopardy. <laughs> and Romans says he was strengthened in his faith. You think, how does that add up? Because every time that Abraham came to it, he came back to one thing. You told me. Faith. The point is, though... Um, this just, I'm, I'm still processing this, uh, 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 along with something that's been going on in my life for a couple of years now. Um, in Genesis 15, Genesis 15 God, verses 5 and 6, God takes Abraham out and talks to him. It's still some years before Isaac is born. And I think this is a very practical thing for us to help us in our daily life. And it says, uh, verse 5, God took Abraham outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars if you're able to count them. That's something he saw every night before. He saw them every night. He'd been looking at them for over 70 years. He was familiar with them. And then God said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. And it just says this, Abram believed the Lord. Something happened in a moment with something he was familiar with. Took on a new significance. Because God said something to him from what he was looking at. He said, see those stars? Your offspring will be as numerous. Now, I believe Abraham never looked at the stars the same way again. Put yourself in a story. It's a story. It's a man's story. Many years more went by. He lived with, every night he saw the stars. But every night, God never mentioned it again to him by word. But every time Abraham needed to remind himself, he would maybe go out and lie down on the ground as the sun was going down, putting the sheep away, he'd look up and he'd hear the voice. He'd hear it. A new significance. They had become God's word to him. Just stars. But they were never just stars again. Every time he looked at them, Lord, God told me, God told me, God told me, God told me. If you look at Matthew chapter 6 now, is this okay? Mm-hmm. You got anything to say on this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now, please don't think I'm getting strange or weird on this. Too late. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. <laughs> and it really comes from what Diane was saying. I love, I love what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6 and 25. Where he's, he says, now, don't worry about your life. Don't worry, Greg. You've been through this. <laughs> What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body, what you're going to wear. Isn't life more important than food and the body more than clothing? He says, basically, he's not telling us off. He deals with us straight, but he's not saying, shame on you. He said, I get it. (laughs) I get it. I know you need food. I know you need clothes. You need a whole new wardrobe. (laughs) I know know you need those things. It's all right. But he says, here's the remedy. Now I'm thinking, pray. Speak in tongues. All really important. He doesn't say that. He says, "Um, look. What? He says, look at the birds. Look at the birds. (laughs) Look at the birds. He actually tells me what to do. Roger, look at the birds. He he says, they don't sow or reap, but the Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? Can you add a single inch to your height by worrying? And why are you worrying about what you're going to wear? The normal everything life. He said, what's the answer? Pray. He says, no. Uh, Look at the flowers. (laughs) Come on, Lord. You know, I wandered lonely as a cloud. (laughs) He said, I'm trying to help you. There was a time, he said, when I spoke to Abraham and I told him about his destiny from what he saw. He looked with his physical senses because your physical senses are not just physical senses. Sometimes we diminish them. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Yes, it is. But the Holy Spirit has given you senses. He's given you smells and sights and sounds and touch. And in this instance, Jesus says, have a look at the birds. Go and sit in the garden. Look at the birds. What? And when you do, it'll mean something different to you. What? Yeah, why? Because I'm telling you, from now on, when you look at a bird feeding on a worm, I will feed you. Look at that flower. I'll speak to you. I'll tell you. You think, oh Lord, it's a bit prosaic, isn't it? No, he said, I'm bringing you to live in a real world. It's my world. And I've put this creation to tell you about me. You think, can I say this? I want to encourage some of you, before this weekend's out, go and buy yourself a bunch of flowers from Aldi or wherever. (laughs) Or go in your garden, get some flowers and put them on the table in your living room. And just look at them. Why? Because God is going to speak to you. He'll tell you about them. 
just one thing, and then I'll give it to you, then it's going to be lunchtime. Uh, does everybody know what a hosta is? Yeah. Hosta is a lovely plant. It has a big palmate leaf, and it, its stem is, hollow, is kind of U-shaped because it, the, when the rain comes down, it goes down into the root. I love hostas. I have several of them, and I love them. Um, it's just a plant. And one day I was out watering them because I love water. And as I'm watering, I was noticing really for the first time that as I put the hose on them and the, the water was running down into the plant, and I was just standing there looking at it, and the Lord said to me, aren't I clever? <laughs> I said, what? He said, I'm a creative genius. I said, yeah. He said, can you see what I've done here? How I designed the hosta that when it rains, the water goes down into its root. And I thought, Lord. He said, I'm a genius. And look what I've made you. Do you know, every day when I water the hostas, and this is a couple of years ago now, he doesn't say the same thing to me, but every time... I see the hostel, I think, I get it. And it's a reminder to me that my God is the creator of all things. I'll be really, really quick. Um, Like everybody else, during the lockdown, we were allowed to go out for walks, and we'd walk, and we'd walk, and we'd walk. Now, we're blessed living in Wales um, because it's not flat. You're blessed too, but I'm just, for my story, for my story... Not to ruin my illustration, David. (laughs) My illustration is where we live, we live on the bottom of, we call it a mountain, but it's really just a hill. Um, But as we, and we've lived in the same house for 23 and a half years. And two years ago, as we were out walking, I suddenly saw this mountain and, or this hill. And I, it just reminded me of the scripture about looking up to the hill, where does my helper come from, the maker of heaven and earth? And it was just like the word of God came fresh in a situation, something I had seen every day for 20 odd years suddenly took on a completely new meaning. And every day during the lockdown, we would be out walking or sometimes we'd be walking separately. Sometimes I'd have, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd have logged off my computer from work. I'd have had a hard, more, hard morning, walked out and I'd see that hill and I'd think, where does my help come from, the maker of heaven and earth? And it is just to encourage you, you know, open your eyes, see God in creation. He's speaking all the time, whether it's through flowers, whether it's through hills, whether it's through water, whatever it's through, and he will speak to you to encourage you and to bless you. And um, no matter where we go in the city, we seem to be able to find the hill that's by our house. No matter what angle, which road, you know, even if it were the other side of the city, somehow or other we see a tiny glimpse of that hill. And sometimes it's a little tiny glimpse, sometimes it's a big glimpse, but it's the same word. It doesn't matter what the situation, it's the same word, the word has the same power, and uh, we've been really blessed by that. We just shared that because I think things that you're familiar with are going to take on a significance either because God will speak to you through them. Yeah. It can be a smell. It can be an event. It can be a memory. It can be a musical piece. It can be anything. I don't want to limit God. But from now on, he's going to remind you. It's another way he's going to speak.
remind yourself. Is that it for lunch now? Okay. Thank you very much for this morning. Let fun commence. David. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.